are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Thursday, a game day for your New Orleans Pelicans as they take on the Portland Trailblazers. And you know what? We're going to chat with Mike Richmond, host of the Locked on Blazers podcast, to kind of go over some of the things we saw in the game two nights ago and then touch a little bit on what's going to maybe happen in this one. And you know what? As a spoiler alert here, he's really optimistic about the Pelicans' chances to get this victory. So it was a good conversation. Then with whatever time we have left in the third segment, we'll touch on a couple more things, probably relating to the trade deadline. For tomorrow's show, don't know if we're actually having a guest host or not, so there may be no podcast. I'm going to be out of town. I'm not going to have real access to internet or anything like that. But I'll be back with you all on Monday if that's the case. Just keep in mind if you don't see a show tomorrow. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories? It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. All right. Now that we've got the second game tonight against the Portland Trail Blazers, let's bring on. Mike Richmond of Locked On Blazers. You can follow him on Twitter at Mike G Rich. Uh, that was a fun game the other night. Yeah, I had a lot of fun watching the final six <laughs> minutes. I think the Blazers played, um, you know, sort of maybe you get fired type of basketball for the first 42 minutes of that game. This was like a lose your job yeah. type of performance. And then the final six minutes, I mean, they just do what they do. They kind of did this to New Orleans in the first meeting, too, is that they just mm-hmm. kind of stole a game they had no business winning. But it's entertaining basketball. It's probably not a sustainable way to play, but it's certainly entertaining. It's it's just, man, that game almost having 250 points scored in this one. Just no defense really being played whatsoever for, you know, kind of by anyone to a degree, even though the Blazers were off. And then you guys, Portland plays decent enough defense for the final six and new Orleans falls apart. And like, that's what kind of almost won the game in a way. It was also Dame time too. Like, let's not lie there about that either. Yeah. And a couple missed free throws, but, but Gary Trent jr. Had a big <laughs> steal. Uh, Carmelo Anthony had a big block and, and they just made things a little, you know, whatever, like 5% harder on Brandon Ingram taking jump shots. And that was the difference. Yeah. Uh, also, so how happy is Damian Lillard that drew holiday is no longer on the Pelicans? Yeah, there's these lists of guys that are like probably not as good at basketball players as Dame, but always seem to eat his lunch. And Kyle Lowry, Drew Holiday are definitely <laughs> on that list. And Drew Holiday is a nightmare for him. So I, he's got to be really, really thankful that that um, that it's Eric Bledsoe now because he didn't seem to have as much trouble getting past old Eric Bledsoe. No, like that foul on the basically, you know, the final play of the game just. Pretty, pretty bad. I liked the move to foul him. I'm curious your thoughts on that. When Blaze were down three, just foul him immediately and send Lillard to the line for two and kind of like take that. Yeah, I, I am in favor of fouling there. Um, the problem is Damian Lord literally has not missed a clutch free throw all season. So you're not going to get, uh, you're not going to steal a point from him. He's, I mean, I'm not exaggerating. He's shooting 100% from the floor in games that are within five points in the final five minutes, or from the floor, from the free throw line, rather. Basically, from the floor, he's shooting like yeah. 60%. Um, 
So I, I like I, I think it's a I think it's the right call. I think you defend and if you get the ball in bounds and Nikhil Alexander Walker doesn't try to catch that ball with his forearm, then the Pelicans yeah. probably win this game. But instead, uh Lonzo fired a <laughs> Lonzo gave him a bullet. <laughs> the ball bounces out of bounds. Um and, and then you I, I kind of knew it was over then, honestly. I like I've watched yeah, enough plays games. You I'm watching enough like entirely. At that point, Lillard wasn't going to let him lose because that's what he does, right? Like, this is kind of what he's been known for over the past couple of seasons. Yeah, and to parrot um, Stan Van Gundy, who I don't totally agree with this, like, it's Dame. He's going to get a call. Like, he's, you know, he's going to go to the rim. He's going to get a call. Like, you you just, he's the best player on the court. You're, you're, you've taken it now out of your hands. They left it open for you. And then you're taking it out of their hands and letting it be decided by, you know, the a six-time All-Star and the referees. And, of course... It was a clean, like it was definitely a foul. I'm not saying that. I'm not oh, going yeah. as far as Stan did, but um, but it's like, of course, when the when the Blazers got the ball back with four seconds left, I was like, well, well, might as well, uh, might as well, you know, rewrite my game notes real quick because they're <laughs> definitely going to win again. Yeah, it kind of changes the narrative of all of that and all of like the pre-writing and pre-work you've done and like planning yeah. goes immediately out the window. And next thing you know, in my time, it's like 1.30 in the morning and you got to start start fresh here, which. Uh, on a discipline, I'd like it to be in a win instead of a loss. I'm curious uh, your thoughts on Zion and what you saw from him in this game. Well, I want to I want I would want to talk about this bunch, but uh, he's just he is, you know, he's supercharged Sean Kemp. He's just he he can dunk everything and get to the rim whenever he wants. Um, I know people compare him to Charles Barkley, and I, I think no, it's like it's the wrong comparison. I think. Yeah, because Barkley was. Um, you know, he was quick and fast, but he wasn't as explosive. And what and what sets Zion apart is not only the spin to easily get past Ennis Cantor, but that that jump where you think like, oh, I'm, I got him contained. And then he's just laying the ball in like he he's I don't know how you guard him. Uh, I, I know how I know how people propose to guard him. Wall him off. Blah, blah, blah. Cool. Let's see. Let's see some it, MFers do that. Like, let, let's see you guys are doing that. <laughs> he's too fast. He's too. He's too fast. Like, so he eats Robert Covington alive because he's not only stronger than him, but he's quicker than them. So, okay, let's put size on him. And it's Cantor. No, no bleeping chance. Right? Just not no, fast not, enough. Not at all. Derek Jones Jr. Okay, let's put length on him. Not strong enough. Right? Like, there is. I don't think that there's a combination of a individual player in the league right now. Maybe LeBron James maybe Anthony Davis who are like long enough and strong enough to deal with what Zion does. Yeah. The list is basically AD and Giannis. And I think that's kind of it. Like you, you need to be one of those kind of players to be able to slow them down. And you're like, I see the Charles Barkley comparisons a lot. And like, look, just from how they look, it makes sense. Some of their, yeah, game, it's but- like thick guys, thick guys. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. And, but when you look at how Zion plays, particularly this like point Zion that we're seeing, he's, he's playing more like a guard, right. Than a big, it's just a right. Guard, he handles the ball man's body and it eight assists in this game, which is kind of nuts. And you look at some of those passes and it's not just like a dump off pass down low to another big who then just dunks the ball in, right? Like he's putting some finesse on these things. He's got kind of every pass in his bag. And he's driving from the perimeter and they're not just trying to post him up all the time. And it's like, yeah, I, I, I don't know how you stop him. And everyone says, just wall it off. I, I, we're seeing him score around three or four guys at the rim because he's, I don't know, it's just such a special player. You kind of almost run out of like superlatives, I think, trying to describe him to some degree. 90% of his shots come at the rim. 
everyone it's knows. nuts. I think it's higher than that. Like it might be like 95% or something. Yeah, I think him and Ennis Cantor both shoot 95% of their shots in the restricted area. But Ennis Cantor's doing it on putbacks and being a bully. And Zion Williamson is walking your ass down into the paint <laughs> and, and making layups. And everyone knows. Like it's not a mystery. Like he's not hiding from NBA no. teams. They know what he's about to do and he's still doing it. So like I I understand the idea that there's a simple way, but I just don't, I don't see it as like an obvious solution. No, it's, it's been, it's been really fun to watch and just kind of see him doing his thing. And there's just, I'm trying to pull up the cleaning the glass numbers right now to like kind of see, and it's, it's just like a freak of nature, right. And to see him doing this and he hasn't even played 82 games and to see what he's doing is just absolutely insane to me. Some of the numbers that we see from shooting frequency, his shots, uh, eight, uh, 86% of his shots come at the rim. Like it's an insane number <laughs> and he's scoring. I'm kind of curious the numbers there. Uh, yeah, just, just making 65% of his takes there, you know, like no, no big deal. That's actually seems low to me almost. Yeah. It's, I mean, I guess it's some putbacks, you know, tap ins, get counter yeah. shots at the rim. So he's getting docked there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think you can really double him in the post because, like you said, the passing really changes the calculations. Like, his ability – and the Blazers tried to go zone in this game. Uh, oh, that didn't work at all. <laughs> like, at, well, at all. They they tried to go zone with Nazir Little and Ennis Cantor and C.J. McCollum, who hadn't played in two months. And as it turns out, that group wasn't particularly connected. And – uh, if you don't match up in the zone, you're going to give up a ton of open looks. And the good thing about the zone is that you might give up open threes as opposed to open layups. So I guess that's why they, you know, they said, hey, you know what, let's let Nikhil Alexander Walker have a night. Uh, and they just, and even doubling out of that zone, Zion was able to make cross court passes, quick kickouts and, or, and little give and goes with BI. Like he has, he has enough reads to, um, that it makes it hard to double. Yeah, exactly. It's been it's been really fun to watch. And look, I, I I've run the numbers on it. When you look at like a comparative shot from three, when it comes to Zion, it, it's going to take like a fifty three percent shooter from three to equal what he does at the rim. So you you gladly like no one's doing that regularly. Like you gladly give up open threes if it means Zion doesn't just put two in at you know seventy five percent e field goal percentage, whatever the number is. So it it kind of makes sense that his zone did like really just not give up layups and shots at the rim and live with Nikhil Alexander-Walker beating you. If you do that, you just kind of shrug your shoulders and you're like, whatever, it wasn't Zion, we can live with that. Yeah, it's. I mean, I think that was the Blazers' plan. And in in, in the final five minutes, like the, the zone was much more active and connected and better. They put more length on the court with, I can't believe I'm saying this name, Rodney Hood, but uh, <laughs> they, they, they kind of figured it out. But I... I think that was mostly luck and that we're, we're saying it worked because of the results. Like if the Pelicans make a couple free throws and don't turn the ball over, then it, it looks doesn't a little work. bit different, right? I mean, it doesn't, also, it doesn't feel like it worked. No, the Pels offense went really kind of weird in those final, like six minutes up 17, six minutes to go. Like there were times when Zion wasn't touching the ball on a possession and he'd just be stuck in the corner, not because of good defense, just because guys, and they said this after the game, we're trying to play hero ball. And this ties what I want to get into, into the next segment with you. Like, you know, you don't need Eric Bledsoe driving right into Carmelo Anthony. He's not necessarily a shot blocker, but then blocked a shot. And it's like, maybe, maybe you need to do something else instead of like that. And I think that kind of added to this, but it was also kind of Dame time. So we'll get into that because I have a question about clutchness for you in the next segment that I want to get into. So that's coming up here on Locked on Pelicans in just a second. 
All right, it's time for the Ultra Player of the Week, brought to you by Michelob Ultra. You know, I, I could pick Zion for this every single week, but a guy I really do want to highlight, and he's won this before, is Jackson Hayes. Just what an unbelievably good story, right? Benched, wasn't playing well, but seemed to really take that benching to heart and start to put forth, you know, the the effort it takes to win, starting to really kind of enjoy himself out there on the court a whole lot more. And when that opportunity arose to be in the rotation, he really grabbed it and has run with it. And I like the quality minutes that we've been seeing from him, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. And you can tell how much fun he's having out there, right? Dude is super happy when he's out there on the court playing with a lot of joy. And that probably has to do with part of the reason he's playing so well, right? There's player development, but it's also just enjoying yourself not being miserable. And he clearly isn't right now. And you saw it after that dunk over Reggie Jackson, the way he kind of stunted over him in route to getting a technical. Dude was feeling himself. Sometimes you need that. Just like what Michelob wants you to feel when you drink a Michelob Ultra, because it's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, you don't need to worry about that whatsoever because it's not going to be anything bad for you. So you can enjoy what you're doing. Enjoy does create success. And don't forget, in general, enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole point of this. It's not worth being miserable over anything. So are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? Go drink a Michelob Ultra with only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Today's episode also brought to you by betonline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are all in full swing. And BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props like Pelicans overs. I don't know how many times I need to keep telling you this. Take advantage now before they start making these lines go even higher. And they've got props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus free money right there when you use the promo code locked on over at bet online your online sportsbook experts and locked on bets even called it betting on the nba doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new locked on bets podcast hosted by your boy q and handicapping expert lee sterling get daily picks blowout specials and wrong teams favored and lee sterling's lock of the day follow the locked on bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts all right, talking with Mike Richmond of Locked On Blazers about the game the other night and then the game tonight. So I want to ask you about Damian Lillard because I thought something he said to the TNT crew after the game was kind of insightful. When you look at this Pelicans team and they've blown 11 double-digit leads so far this season, young team has no idea how to close out games. And Damian Lillard said, you know what? He's been here before. He's put in the work. He knows how to do this. And then you saw him go out and do it. How do he kind of grow into that guy? You know, that's something that New Orleans is really going to need to learn how to do something they've really struggled with so far this year. Is it just him being a special player? Is it stuff he's actively worked on? Like, how do you kind of see a guy growing into being that closer? Well, he's always kind of been that. Like, to a degree, uh, actually, yeah. against this very Hornets team, uh, nay, Hornets. New Orleans, the New Orleans edition of that team. It's hard to figure out where who's where nowadays. But his right. rookie year against um, against the good the good folks of Grievous Vasquez, Ryan Anderson, uh, he hit a game winner just tied at ninety five. He comes back off a, a little handoff swish game winner. He screams. Everyone's like Damian Lillard is so special. He hit two more later that year. Like that was two thousand twelve. We're talking a decade of doing it right. Like he's always kind <laughs> yeah. of been this guy. Um, the difference is that back then they would run 
like dummy action for the the best player on the team for LaMarcus Aldridge. And Dame would kind of react off that. Even the sort of classic 0.9 seconds shot against Houston, the play was to give the ball to LaMarcus Aldridge. And the second your point guard said, no, 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 let me have a chance. And he hit a, you know, and hits this incredible shot. But um, what has changed for him is that now they can do it with ugly offense because he is so strong. He has such a strong handle and he can score at all three levels. And I think that's sort of the difference between Dame now than Dame in 2012 was that even down the stretch last night against the Pelicans was, or when you're listening to this two nights ago, but, uh, but <laughs> it's, uh, the Blazers didn't exactly run this like beautiful offense. No, they it's, just it's him did, playing hero ball and he's just that good, right? To like, he just degree. pounded the rock and he, he picked the screener. He said, okay, Rocco, come here. Like whoever was Stephen Adams, basically, whoever mm-hmm. Stephen Adams is going to guard, I want him in the pick and roll because I want to go in a pick and roll against Steve-O and Bledsoe and and I think I can score. And he did. And I think the difference here is he's a better ball handler than he was when he was younger. He is he's extended his range so he can comfortably shoot from 35, which he didn't do like he missed two bad shots from that range. But it brings the defense out above the three point line. He, he gives he's them a chance to get down the second he crosses half court with like the yeah. game tied in like a minute to go, like terrifies you the second he steps over. It's like um, it's like Curry when he was in Davidson in the tournament and they started like doubling yeah. him the second he touched half court. It's it's wild to see. Yeah. And and. And then his strength to get inside his ability his he's gotten so much stronger in his lower body. Uh, the and one he had against Steven Adams is a great example. Uh, he just he slowed down. He knew the contact was coming. He went ahead and leaned into Steven Adams, said, go ahead and hit me. It's kind of a he got a he got a generous <laughs> foul call. But congratulations to him. That's you've earned it. Uh, so it, it's just it's those things. And I think. I think the mental stuff was always there, but he's sharpened his physical tools to make him just impossible in those moments. Yeah, and I, I think that's just kind of what some of these guys uh, like need to figure out. You know, I look at a guy like Brandon Ingram who spent three years on pretty bad Lakers teams, frankly, you know, not really kind of able to be in that moment. And I think it's just something that takes time. Maybe, maybe you know, I hadn't really thought about all the game winners he hit his rookie year, and I must have blacked out that moment with Vasquez and Ryan Anderson and everything else on that uh, then Hornets team. But it's interesting to hear how like maybe it is somewhat innate with a dude who's just like, this is my moment. And he's kind of like bred for this sort of thing. And he definitely feels like a guy with that, but you're right. It is different now. And he's kind of at, at, at another level with that. And that just comes from honing your craft. I think to a degree, something that, only comes with time and I guess being in those pressure cooked situations. So hopefully Zion's going to kind of be able to grow into that guy and maybe just demand the ball a little bit more. And I liked kind of what you said about there it was for Marcus Aldridge, but Damon Lillard's like, give me the damn ball and I'm going to do this, right? Like, let me take a crack at this. And maybe you didn't see that enough from Zion in this game when he's standing in the corner and he needs to just be demanding the ball gets given to him or during a timeout that he needs to step up and say something. And so I wonder if he can kind of grow into that role look, God hasn't even played 82 games uh, in his whole career yet. So it's like, I I don't really want to fault him for that sort of thing, but would love to see him or Brandon Ingram and maybe even more so Ingram be kind of that closer for this team that they have just really lacked and, you know, needed a dude to kind of do in that game the other night. So it's, but it's fun to watch Lillard kind of do this thing, even when it's like against you, I think. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he's done to the Pelicans twice and they, they play again Thursday. So, uh, you know, you might get what you wish for. <laughs> yeah, to some, to some degree with that. 
before we wrap up here, a- any thoughts on the game tonight? You know, these these kind of back-to-back, even though it's not quite a back-to-back, are always kind of like interesting. And I wonder how much kind of gets put into the game plan in between. But I'm curious your thoughts on tonight's matchup. So I think they're almost, with like relatively even teams, they're almost always going to be a split. Uh, Blazers had one against uh, Golden State earlier in the season where they beat they beat the snot out of the Warriors and then they then and then uh, Golden State came back and Steph Curry had 62. I think in the meantime, Damian Lord said something like Steph Curry's teammates aren't very good or something something innocuous <laughs> like that. And uh, Steph Curry lit him up for 62. They just played over the weekend a back to back games against the. Timberwolves in the first game is kind of an ugly win and then the team was beat them in the second game. So they've split those. They had one with, with sack earlier this year where they actually beat them twice, but one of them was really close. I, I think they're almost always going to be splits. And I, I really think when you blow a 17 point lead, when you had the game won, uh, by some measurements, the Blazers uh, chances to win were less than 1%, percent <laughs> That 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 graphic was kind of nuts. It's um, Andrew Lopez of ESPN got it from their stats and info that there's been like 200. I don't, I don't remember the exact number. It's 236, 236, I think. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. Games where a team was up by 17 with six minutes to go, and this is the first time that a team has lost this season. So like, yeah, they, like they killed the Blazers for for the most part of the game. It was just those final six minutes when things kind of went haywire. Like they had this game wrapped up and everything looked really good. And there was no answer for Zion or BI from Portland. So as long as you don't just blow it, right? Like at the very end, maybe new Orleans has a good chance of winning this one. I think. Yeah. It's like, I, so I went back and forth with uh, someone who listens to the show uh, via my email and he was like, Oh, blah, 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 about worried about the Pelicans. And I'm like, they're going to split these games, but like for mental health purposes, I think it'd be better for the fan base. If the Blazers won Tuesday and then have to wallow all day, Wednesday, heading into a Thursday, (laughs) they play back-to-back games. And uh, so the Blazers hooked it up for less wallowing from the Portland fan base. Uh, I don't know that this was like an inspiring game, but it was certainly very entertaining and sort of like proof of concept, which is like, man, this team is really kind of does dumb stuff, but Dame can, if you get close enough, Dame can will you back. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, you got to put it, which, which is funny because like it was 17 points with six minutes to go. It shouldn't have been enough time for him to will them back, but managed to do it. So we'll see how tonight's game goes. I'm not going to make any prediction here because I've been so wrong. Anytime I've tried to make some grand declaration of how a game is going to go either on a Bet win on the over. or a loss. Yeah, the, the over is going to be the safest best. Locked on bets had it. They said they yeah. wouldn't be shocked if this one hit 250. It hit 249 and Pelicans 249, yeah. This season have just been been money to bet on. So, look, at least there'll be some offense. It'll be fun to watch. Hopefully the Pelicans get a win in this one. And uh Mike, thanks for taking the time with me here on Locked on Pelicans. Yeah, it was a ton of fun. Let's do it again soon. So a little bit more to come here on Locked on Pelicans, looking towards the trade deadline. Before we do that, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans brought to you by rockauto.com. I'm going to do this one a little bit differently. I needed, you guys know I use order a lot of car parts, need some stuff often for different work that I do on my cars. And I needed like an emergency part. Like I needed just something that to take care of something and I needed it that day. So I couldn't go and order this through Rock Auto. Just situation kind of arose. So I went online to one of the chain stores and order it to be picked up in the store later that day. Usually it takes a couple minutes to get an email notification. Well, they, they, they took my order. They took my money, charged me $115 for this thing. I was going to go in and pick it up in an hour or so. Get a call from them saying, oh, hey, we don't actually have it in stock. So they sell it on their website, tell you to come into the store and then don't actually have it. And then when I, 
They called me back a little bit later and said like, oh, but we can get it for you at some point. And I said, no, just like, give, give me the refund, right? Like the natural thing. You don't have what you told me you had. Just give me my money back. And basically refused. Like I had to go through their corporate to get my card refunded. That's just terrible service. It's, it's like an awful situation. I don't ever want to have to deal with something like that. And if you don't want to have to deal with stuff like that, that's probably too commonplace at these chain stores, you've got to check out rockauto.com. It's just easier, hassle-free. If they have something online, they have it. And you're going to get that part. And so whenever I can, I take advantage of that when I don't need an emergency situation kind of thing. Their catalog is easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your car or truck. And you know what? They're going to get them to you at the lowest price possible because that is just what Rock Auto does. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need and none of the hassle over at rockauto.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by BuiltBar.com. I've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the delicious tasting, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high in fiber bar that is covered in 100% real chocolate. They're doing a bracket to find out the ultimate best tasting, the GOAT Built Bar of all time here. And you can go check it out over at BuiltBar.com or at bar underscore built. Today's matchup is between caramel brownie and double chocolate. This one's going to be tight. This is going to be a tight one. I've had both of these. They're both really good. I'm leaning towards the double chocolate right now. The consistency is just kind of different. I really dig it. It's creamy. It's good for you. You'd have no idea you're eating a protein bar. You got to give it a try. And you can do that by using the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcasts from. We're here Monday through Friday for you all. No paywall or anything like that. Just straight Pelicans talk. Exactly what you want. Also, shout out to everyone. And I appreciate all the comments that people gave me about me not like tearing into the team in yesterday's show after that one point loss to the Blazers and adding some perspective. Uh, I appreciate that. That made me feel really good. I'm glad I could kind of give a bit of a different perspective and put, you know, everything into context from what we saw. And what was a disappointing loss? Don't get me wrong. But it was nice to hear that that really resonated resonated with everyone makes me feel really good so thank you all very much for those kind comments and of course subscribe to the show and leave a five-star review with a comment makes a world of difference when you do that wherever you get your podcasts so gone a little bit long today and again programming note i don't know if there will or will not be a show tomorrow i'm trying to line up a guest host one fell through you know who you are um but hopefully we can have some fun with it if not we'll be back on monday for you all to recap uh the weekend and then this game and then the game on sunday as well so uh, the trade deadline is coming up. We're basically a week away from it. This is an interesting time to kind of be following the team because you know what? There's a lot of conflicting reports about the Pelicans love Lonzo Ball. They don't really like him. They don't want to pay him more than 18 million. I just saw, which is insane to me. You know, I you're hearing a lot of this stuff because it means that there are some things happening, right? Some teams are really interested in him. The New York Knicks, probably. The Pelicans have been shopping him, but if they're not going to get the right value for him, I do wonder if they'll bring him back. And just try and ride it out. And if he plays really well for 30 more games, you know, that kind of changes your outlook on him. The biggest thing with him right now is he hasn't just done it for an extended period of time, right? Like he has some stretches where he's really, really good. But I don't know if he's ever gone through like half a season where you're like, yeah, this dude rocks. And I think that's kind of hampering him a little bit. And we did the crossover here with Mike Richmond. I went on his show too and we were talking about it. He is very, very high on Lonzo Ball and think he's really, really good. 
and thinks the Pelicans should keep him. And that's kind of my inclination. I saw that Will Guillory and John Hollinger, who's also part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, had an article on The Athletic talking about it where it would almost be insane for the Pelicans to get rid of him if you're not going to get good value and they're not. And it, he mentioned that Larry Markkinen's a worse player than Lonzo Ball is. And you know what? I was a guy who was really high on Larry Markkinen to start the year, but right now with the way Lonzo Ball's been playing, I definitely wouldn't trade them straight up for each other. I'd want more from the Chicago Bulls. That's how good that Lonzo Ball has been. He's really put together a very, very good stretch for New Orleans. His limitations are clear, but everything else he's doing is is really great. So I think, as I've been saying, this is going to be a muted trade deadline for New Orleans. Maybe something happens with J.J. Redick or he's bought out one of those two. That might be it. You know, I, I like the idea in theory of Aaron Gordon. I don't know about it, paying Aaron Gordon 20 plus million dollars along with paying Lonzo Ball 20 plus million dollars over these next couple of years. This team gets expensive and you're in the luxury tax if that happens, but I don't know. You know, I still think the Pelicans should be sellers. They seem to be hinting they might be buyers. It's going to be a fun next week as we lead up into it if something ends up going down and you know we will have it covered here. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening. I am hoping that nothing breaks over the weekend because I don't know if I'll be able to get an emergency reaction show up, but I will do my best. We'll see. Usually that kind of means something's going to happen. Maybe. Hopefully not, though. If if uh, everything's good, enjoy the weekend, enjoy the games. And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all on Monday.